Hey Rippers! Are you learning how to surf? But have you got a clue? Or are you a big old kook? Since there's a million ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a few things. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason we started KookCast. Because the more you know, the less you'll kook it. <laughs> so bust out your swimmies and get ready to learn. KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom one episode at a time. And hopefully offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris. Along with Coach Evan, we started the surf coaching and educational resource, thesurfcontinuum.com. Well, if you're going to put Coach Ev, myself, and the surf continuum in a box like surf school, quote-unquote, we're going to fight like hell to bust out. That's because we hold ourselves and our students to a higher standard than what that title may lead a person to assume, especially if that person is a surfer. In this episode, Coach Ev and myself are discussing seven pillars of which we've built our brand of surf education on. Seven things that separate us from your standard wham-bam, thank-you-ma'am surf schools. Truth is, there's certainly even more than just seven, one of which we realized immediately after finishing the following recording. That's covered in the online membership version of this episode at thesurfcontinuum.com. Nonetheless, this is a good start to understanding more deeply about how we differentiate ourselves as instructors and surfers. So this episode is the pillars of the surf continuum. And, you know, we, we obviously, if you listen to us, know like we care a lot about how we do things, you know, the way that it's done. We want, we want to honor surfing. We want to honor the journey that we went through to learn to surf. And, I, you know, there's just something like, let me try right now to articulate what it is about special things that make them special. Like, they are hard to do, you know, and it shouldn't be easy. And you should actually be kind of stoked on that. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the pillars of our brand and our curriculum and method for teaching surfing is based in that. And in a lot of cases, I think probably almost counterintuitive or, or seemingly counterproductive. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, how am I going to ever learn to surf if you tell me standing up's not important? Right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, well, don't worry. The end game is obviously the glamorous picture. Yeah. But you got to respect and honor the journey it takes to get there and be willing to go along that entire path to get there and know that the steps along the way is kind of like karate kid style it's like well why am i sanding the deck if i'm supposed to be learning karate you know but there's a lesson there yeah. so that's what we want to capture with this episode is some of our pillars some of our go-to principles that are just non-negotiable for us that must be a part of the curriculum or otherwise you're not going to be digging us <laughs> right right and it really is what differentiates us from all the other schools and right yeah and that's that's kind of part of the list right it's like yeah okay we teach surfing but that's the same thing between us and what other schools claim to do you know so yeah here's the seven things that we do that are different and number one is one of the most obvious and ones that we feel very strongly about as we do all of them but it's no pushing into waves it's basically like it's the root of the problem here yeah um globally with surf education is this this whole thing that the way you share it with somebody else is by doing it for them does not agree with us you mm -hmm. know right like all those little 
building blocks are so important. How, you know, like not stabilizing them from holding on to the tail of their board so that they can stay on the board. Like mm-hmm. you just, at some point, you just have to let them struggle through it and either most of the time they'll figure some things out right then and there in that 60 minutes or 90 minutes or they don't. And it's a very clear sign that they need to go back to something else. You know, they need to start beforehand, you know, right, like, right. with like what we talk about, you know, body surfing, boogie boarding, stuff like that. Right, right. The core balance on top of a floating object is like, if you can't do that, we're not going to grab your tail and hold it for you. We're going to instruct you on how to find it. Oh, it looks like your hips are a little off. Oh, it looks like your form's a little off. Oh, this, that, you know, like we work through it with you. We're not just going to leave you there to figure it out on your own, but we're not going to mask the problem by stabilizing you, you know? And yeah, so I started this off by saying no pushing into waves, but really what I should have said is no touching, you know, like the amount of times I've touched a student since the surf continuum started was so, so rare. And it was one or two that I can distinctly remember that it was a little girl and we were going to get smoked (laughs) by a person. So I put my arm over the front of her nose. So I knew she wouldn't get blown back and we would hold this very precious position we had that was safe. Right. But if she got moved at all, she would be in this weird zone. So I like felt like that was an okay compromise. Mm -hmm. Other than that, other than saving someone's like health, you're going to get smoked if you're not on the right spot of the board or you're not doing it right. Or you know what I mean? That's just part of it. That's what we went through. That's what we did endlessly. So we're not going to touch your board and and make it feel better in that moment because then we take away from you the opportunity to learn how to balance it for yourself or how to be in the board in the way that allows it to be balanced. And another one of this no pushing is like it keeps you where you need to be in the lineup, right? Like when when you push give somebody a boost and you get them through that one critical little slam zone and they didn't do it themselves, they're basically in a zone position they shouldn't ever be they've gotten further out than they should have because they wouldn't have made it there without your push yeah yeah that really helped to take any stress off of of me the instructor or the coach or the of the trainer by just letting them dictate where we should be in this line right right let the ocean decide if you can't hold on to your board and control that board we're going to find out right there on the beach before you even get into the water. And then, mm-hmm. and then we're going to slowly walk into the water. And if it, that board is so wide that you can't get your arm around and keep slipping, falling out and getting sideways. And then we're just going to stay right there. Mm-hmm. It, it really helps us to dictate where we need to do the most work by not getting ahead of ourselves and using our skills to get you in a position that you shouldn't be. Right, right. Not to mention, this is probably the... It, it shouldn't even have to be mentioned, but it's also on just unhealthy for us. Like how long do you think we're going to be instructors if we're fucking slinging everybody out there, just slinging surfers, humans on surfboards through waves, into waves, past this, you know, like it's just not sustainable for you as a, a human body, yeah. a physical worker. It, it, it really, and, and so I got a full disclosure before we move on to point two, but we did do this in the past. We did push people in the wave. So I feel extra qualified I don't feel like a hypocrite. I just feel like a convert. I feel like I was realizing in that time, like, oh, this is this doesn't feel right. This isn't how I did it. And then, like you said, like being out in the ocean with someone who I'm like, oh shit, we're out here now. They're not ready for this. 
I should, they should have been denied by that first wave. Yep. And that was our sign that we shouldn't be out here. So like little by little, I started realizing like, this is not the way to go. But also, I just feel qualified to say so as a person who's been on both sides, you yeah. know, who's been someone who thought, yeah, push them in a way. They need to feel it. They need to feel what it's like to ride it, yeah. <laughs> to yeah. be able to learn. And that's just so far from the truth. They don't. They need to learn how to control their board first. They need to go in the order, you know, the that's required. Order. The natural order. Yeah. So point number two is kind of a segue, you know, from from point number one, no pushing into waves, number one. Number two is fundamentals are the foundation in our curriculum. Standing up is the easy part of surfing. <laughs> I, I like, think about that. Standing up's the easy part. If you got pushed down by somebody on the ground, you'd stand up. Every morning, you get out of your bed, you stand up. You get out of your chair, you get out of your car. And if I told you, get down on your belly, give me a couple push-ups and then stand up, you could do that too. Yeah. Standing up's the easy part. Okay, I'll give it to you. It's a little harder because you're on a surfboard floating on the water. It's still the easiest part. What you really need to train yourself to learn is how to have good paddling form, how to recognize the perfect spot of your board to lay in to paddle, mm -hmm. where to sit to turn your board to control, and just play. You, you have a lifelong journey in learning how to paddle a board well and to do all the basic board control skills. That's a we're still dialing all those things in. We can do them well and proficient, but we're still dialing them in. And then anytime I need to reel myself in, like I'm getting ahead of myself, if I just go back to, okay, let me make sure that I'm paddling well and I'm doing all my board control skills well, it, the way that it transitions into surfing well and riding the wave well is it's undeniable. It yeah. just works so it's well. all supported by the fundamentals. And by the way, folks, the fundamentals, your paddling technique, your sitting turn, your prone turn, your press up posture, like literally just the posture of you pressing up over your board, uh, your ability to stop. And the stand up is a fundamental, but it's the last one on purpose. You know, it's the least important in our, our mind. Um, because when you do those first ones right and you can put it all together pretty fluently, the stand up's kind of going to just happen. Yeah. And, and that's like, that's this, you know, those two first points really go into this third point as far as like to to surf fluently or well in our eyes is is actually pretty really basic mm -hmm. you know and, and we we find those surfers in the lineup all the time like who's doing it basically effortlessly in a, in a in a manner that it looks like they could just continue doing that from from now until the rest of their days you know yeah. they're just yeah. so smooth and efficient with their movements and the way that they ride the wave is is least important to us yeah know? yeah and and the way that they ride the wave is simple you know it's it's just like often just right in the pocket you know it's just flowing and just staying in the power of the wave letting the wave do all the work and then all the surrounding skills obviously are all just smooth and fluent and and that really looks beautiful and it feels good it's exciting to do, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to look at the ocean, see the waves you're going to ride and know how to do it, you know, and know how to attack. Mm -hmm. And, and the, that's good surfing. Basically, good surfing is simple. Not having to struggle, not having to overwork and, and be all efficient with your movements. I mean, like, that's, that's one of the most beautiful things about surfing is like, if you do it in a, in a controlled way, it's very you know the, the strain on your body is very limited and it's something that will keep you 
challenged, you know, all the way through it, you mm-hmm. know. All right. So this fourth one, I, I kind of, I, I challenged it, but Coach Ev made a great point why it really is a pillar of the surf continuum is space, especially how we create it and make it. You know, we actually just did an episode recently creating time, but we also create space. Mm-hmm. And, and this has actually got a couple layers to it. Um, go ahead. What, what's the first one you think of? Yeah. Um, like, just like looking out at a popular lineup, you know, that's, that's one of the things that's really kind of gone out the window is this like the space that you have between you and the other surfers. Um, beginners and novices tend to think that it's like, this is just like a social fun thing that we're doing out there and it's okay to be, you know, three feet away from a, a surfer that's right next to you. And, and we realized a long time ago, like the way that we stay, stay safe out there in the lineup and don't get in all these tricky situations is that we're masters of making space and keeping space in between us and other surfers and how important that is. And when you look out a lineup again, you see, all the novices grouped together, you see all the surf schools tight grouped together, and then you see Coach Chris off to the side with like barely a wave breaking with 10 feet between him and his student doing work, moving around, and, and training that, that really important aspect of, of our work into whatever student we're working with. Yeah, I mean, there's two things in surfing that are unpredictable. And one of them way more unpredictable than the other, and that's the crowd. Waves are actually more predictable than the crowd. Definitely. You know, that's the other unpredictable element. You know, waves are kind of, but they they give uh, like they have patterns. They have ways of working that you can get better and better at understanding what they're going to do next, especially in a particular session or at your same home break spot. But crowd, you'll be surprised every time by what they'll do you know like we've talked before on the podcast about like being near someone and this is the reason one of the situations that made us realize why creating space is so important but you know being sort of with the pack charging out to meet a set and someone's just paddling up the face and then suddenly decides oh they're not going to make it over or whatever they thought and they just bail their board and there you are without space to avoid and it's just like Oh, I didn't know you were going to do that. So instead of trying to figure out what people are doing or going to do, we get away from them, you know, and just keep space. Um, and it, and it, you know, it really helps the learner, especially because people care. People don't want to hurt somebody, you know, yeah. like they, as much as you see this, like just full send attitude in the lineup, I think most people, especially our students care about being good surfers in the sense of safe surfers, you know, and not running someone down or getting in their way. And so we really lean into that and make sure that we, you know, encourage people to create space. But another way I think about the way that we do that is just in the spots we choose in general. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, sometimes you're stuck with this, the crowded spot because it's crowded for a reason. It's the only spot working or something. Yeah. But a lot of times there is other spots working, sometimes better, sometimes worse but empty. And again, if crowd is one of the worst conditions you can have, then that makes that empty peak the best wave available. (laughs) Absolutely. So we're like really good at doing that too. And just like being open-minded and not getting comfortable in the same parking lot or the same surf spot or the same surf trip, but going to these places that 
already set us up to be able to create space, like mm-hmm. our Lamas trip. You mm-hmm. know, like that's one of my favorite examples of how we create space. It's like just cross the border and head over there into Mexico. Yeah. You know, it just so happens that you know fam's down there and we got a beautiful you know dial on it and and everything just is perfect for us up down there but also it's so significantly more empty mm-hmm. and and there it is like one of our very important pillars of our brand is finding space so that we can work with our beginners and afford to make mistakes and and have errors and then something that comes to mind that's really important is like that i know that we both hit on with our students is this this urgency that needs to be in you and and you need to be able to to tap when when the time is there so we start out like way far away from the crowd but we're like all right we gotta you know we're starting to like practice okay sometimes you don't always have all the time in the world and there needs to be some urgency and there needs to be a real effort in okay how can i make as much space as i possibly can again to to honor this whole how important safety and etiquette is in in the ocean and in lineups um a lot of it has to do with creating enough space so that the surfer riding the wave doesn't have to think about you mm-hmm. um, yeah and like you said urgency when you don't have a lot of time because like like you were saying we 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 do it mostly very leisurely but there are still times where it's like oh shit let's go gotta go you know and if you are at all lazy about that moment and creating space, then um, there isn't going to be any space. And then you really are at the mercy of just the physical world of how things play out. Yeah. And then it happens pretty damn quick in the, in the lineup, you know, so you got to <laughs> really be on does. it. Um, all right. So fifth pillar of the surf continuum is never not surf. I mean, within reason, Yeah, you know, like as long as it's safe, we don't really care about shitty conditions, onshore winds, you know. Um, and how often do you go out there kind of reluctantly, kind of reminding yourself like, well, we say we, you're never not served and then end up having a great session and finding out like, oh, it was so fun. Usually one, because when the conditions are shitty, then the other bad condition isn't there, which is crowd. Yeah. So, okay, great. We're all alone at the very least. And, and it's just true. It's happened so much. And I, of all people feel like I've had the chance to discover this in my life because I, I live in New York and I grew up surfing in New York. And, and a lot of times, especially before I could drive, get myself to the beach, I was just like taking any ride I could get. And so I couldn't factor into that equation also caring about conditions. Yeah. Like that just wasn't an option. Right. And it really, really, truly wasn't on my radar. Mm-hmm. And, and I just really try my best to maintain that attitude now that I've gotten more spoiled and jaded in surfing, you know, from when I was a Grom and had the truly pure Grom mentality. But to remember, like, don't pass up sessions, you know? And also, it's a compounding problem. The more you pass up sessions for perfection or better, the farther that standard gets from you. The more you're like, well, if I didn't serve last time, this isn't better than that. So I can't surf this. You know what I mean? And like, it gets to a point where if it's not a 10, you're not surfing. It's a downfall of so many surfers. They're, they used to be surfers. They're not surfers <laughs> they Used anymore. to be surfers, but that like inevitable legend has it, they're still waiting for the perfect day. <laughs> it is. It's a huge, it's, it really compounds on itself. You can't let this sneak into your, the, the way that you figure out if you're going surfing or not. Basically, you're going surfing no matter what, unless there's a 
oil spill right. or there's a giant, you know, hurricane in the, you know, it's 60 mile an hour winds and it's just truly not safe. Um, pretty much you can't, we can't afford to miss out on any session. It's, it's a, it's a necessity. If you want to keep building on your surfing skills and you want to keep getting comfortable in the ocean, you, you can't turn, turn your back and walk away from the ocean. Mm-hmm. You got to get in there. Yep. Number six, slow is fast. Oh, this is a coach Chris special right here. <laughs> for sure. We're learning that, learning I love that. Yeah, I love the little counterintuitive things that come with. I think some of the biggest lessons I've had in my life and anything, not just surfing, I've always started off as counterintuitive. Yeah. You know, I've, has always been like, oh, wait, what? You know, like it just, it, it first of all, causes you to think deeper about the topic. Yeah. Right there is a, is a win, you know, just getting you to dive deeper into something rather than just glaze over it. Um, but, you know, so anyway, that's kind of like where I come from with slow is fast, but I have my reasons for it, you know? Yeah. And, and really, if you want to get into depth into this one, I actually uploaded the, the talk I did at the Reform Club a couple of years ago. This whole, I did a whole hour long, I think it was, talk on how slow is fast. Yeah. And I uploaded it to the member site somewhere down in there. It might even be a free video for free members too, but check it out. Cause it's going to be a lot. That's a lot deeper than I can go right now, but slow as fast is just this. I have three points about it. And one of them being just when you train slow, when you practice slowly, your live and, and real time versions of that skill happen smoother and with more uh, a, a reliance on muscle memory and fluency and thoughtfulness. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there, there becomes this very, like just the same way that we are speaking right now because we have thoughts in our head, but the, we're not thinking about the words. We're thinking about our thoughts. Like, how do I express this thought? But, and then the words are forming to help us create these thoughts. And that's where you want to get with your surf skills. You have to be practicing so slow and consciously and thoughtfully so that in the real lifetime, it just happens. Like when right. you have a thought, you're like, or you don't want someone to do something, you say, stop, you know, and you don't have to think, what's that word that I want to say so they don't keep doing what they're doing? You don't have to do that. You yeah. just say, stop. You know what it means. You've used it. You're fluent in your language. So your surf skills have to be fluent language. And that's the only time you can be thoughtful enough is if you slow it down and if you remove some of the other variables like that we were just talking about make space and go over there where the waves aren't even breaking and okay let's let's actually just paddle around and see the difference between changing my stroke a little bit changing my position changing my form all those little things you'll never you'll never be able to be thoughtful enough if you just keep putting yourself in paddling out at the beach break with surfers coming at you in all different directions right don't have the time to do it um and just just slowing down and and like okay this this session it goes back onto other pillars you know like go out and surf when there's nobody out there because it gives you this opportunity when the surf is shit to not think about the surf Mm -hmm. not think about the waves. just go think about how do I lay on the board? How do I figure out this whole paddling thing that the coaches keep harping on and keep paddling surf circles around me? And I'm still like, haven't really made the, the progress that I, that I need to. Um, and it's mostly your mindset and your practice and, and how you're going about it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And last one to wrap it up. And this is another life lesson, but totally a pillar of 
the surf continuum, the joy is in the journey. You know, eliminate the goal, the destination, the what you think you should be doing from your mind and just keep taking the baby steps. And one of my favorite realizations I had recently in just a life situation, I remember going on a hike with my wife in, in Prague uh, or Czech Republic, I should say, outside of Prague and, and seeing the mountain peak off in the distance and being like, oh, that's a beautiful peak. And one of the friends was like, oh, yeah, that's that's where we're going. And I remember being like, what? Like, that's far. Yeah. And it's high. Yeah. Like, I thought we were just doing like a two, three hour hike. Like, yeah, we'll be there in two, three hours. And it was just like, wow, the destination always seems so far away, but you'll get there. Yeah. And you just have to keep taking the single step one after the other. And, and it just, it was a little defeating for a moment right. to you, see how far off you that wish was. he didn't say Right, that. right. I, exactly. Yeah. And I wanted to go back to that place where I didn't know where we were going. I was just taking steps happily along. And once I did, of course, easily kept walking, kept going. And it was a beautiful walk and all these things that happened on the way and the conversations and not to get too far into this metaphor, but the, you have to have the same attitude in your surf. Like enjoy the session. Don't, Oh, God, I didn't get five waves. Last time I got five. I, I didn't get the best way. I didn't do the turn. I didn't, whatever it is in your head. Or the, even if you're still working on your stand-up, I didn't stand up. The joy is in the journey, you know? And if you have that attitude, then you have so much more patience with yourself and so much more excitement for what you have to do today. Yeah, and, and I think that allows you to be a lot more flexible too. You know, you just, you just are happy to be at the beach and and you'll take whatever you can get you know even if it if if it was 60 mile an hour winds or something like that and you couldn't get in the ocean you do do something else you know towards that that ultimate goal whether it just be sitting there and stretching and getting those hips you know a little bit more limber or taking a little jog or something you know or picking up trash like just don't go away empty-handed or defeated. You know, there's always there's always something to do on this on this journey. Yeah, because surfing is not just riding waves. You know, you want to be a surfer. You want to be truly a surfer. Like, you got to exercise all these aspects of your character as a surfer. And, and yeah, you, you just kind of let the ocean and the world present what you do on that day. You know, and like I said, flexibility with the word. You know, just like malleability willing to change it up like oh i thought i was coming surfing i guess i'm stretching cleaning up a little bit um but that's that's the seven pillars of the surfing team. yeah hopefully that that clears some things up and really some of these land with you because these have been huge takeaways for us and and big takeaways for a lot of our students so get on with it yeah you yeah.